Hello, hello. They're going to be getting my sound ready as we go, so we're just going to jump in. Um, are you guys, I feel like we've been at church today. It feels like we've had church. So if you're here for the first time, man, welcome. Welcome to the party. You know, the kingdom of God is, is not something that we get to be spectators in. It's something that we just like to pursue. So what we were seeing there, just for those of you maybe who are new to an environment like this, um, you know, we're not professionals. We're just trying to follow the Holy Spirit. And, and, and what you saw is us just participating in gifts of the Spirit, of being able to pray for one another. Uh, when, when we see the Holy Spirit move, we see an opportunity in Scripture to begin to, to pray for healing. To Sometimes you might get a prophetic word. How many of you have ever been in a worship service or a worship environment, and you start to just kind of hear God afresh? How many of you have been in an environment that you feel like you're hearing like things like more corporately than just yourself? You know, when we're in environments of the God's presence, of the community of believers, things just start to happen and pop. So, uh, you know, we want to be we want to be uh, followers of Jesus in a way that looks like risk taking. So, when we do these services, it's not like, hey, let's do something weird today, or you know, let's just do something different. We're actually pursuing the presence of Jesus. And how many of you feel like you had an encounter with Jesus today during worship? Look around the room. Let's just give the Lord thanks right now. Like, look around the room. Come on, Jesus. You know, sometimes we kind of get into this, this um, kind of approach to doing church where uh, if, I, okay, we talk about this a lot in CSSM, where Columbus School of Supernatural Ministry starts tonight. You guys should come. It's going to be awesome. On the Discover, Develop, and Deploy Your Destiny. Uh, next week here, we actually have Leif Hetland, who's speaking Sunday morning, which is awesome, a guest speaker. Uh, and then he's going to be speaking at CSSM. So just join CSSM. Stop being disobedient. Okay. So we talk about this a lot, though, in CSSM is uh, our ministry school. And, and we really want to tailor our church experience to feel more like a ministry-building, equipping uh, environment. And it's this. is that have you ever felt like um, maybe your devotions... Maybe you, you listen to worship music. How many of you are worship, like you do devotions in the morning, afternoon, evening, or whenever that time is with the Lord that you put worship music on? Like, raise your hand. Okay, it's usually, okay, about a third of the room, maybe a little bit more. We, we tend to, and I love that. How many of you, uh, you, you do the same thing the same way? So like you have, let's say, for you early morning risers and you do your devotions, your time with Jesus in the morning, you kind of like having the same thing. Like coffee here. I like a certain mug. It's my Jesus mug. Don't mess with my Jesus mug. Where is it? It's not washed. You know, you have your mug. You, you kind of have, uh, you, you like to do things a certain way. Anybody else? Might not be worship, but you like things kind of lined up a certain way. I love that. I have a chair in my house that every morning my wife will find me at, and, and I love that. But I, we set environments sometimes when we don't need to. Did you know that? I'm not saying those things are bad. Those things are actually a good thing. However, in the kingdom, Jesus already set the environment for us. So, so that means that have you been in a worship service or an environment where someone next to you is just shake, rattling, and rolling? You know, they're just they're going, something's happening there, and you're just like, totally un feel like, am I even saved right now? I don't, you know, you just feel totally disconnected with what God might be doing in a room. Have you guys ever felt that way before? You know, there's days that you're going to be stepping directly into God's presence, and there's days that you're going to be saying yes and amen for what God is doing in somebody else. They're both okay. Now, I want to be in every single day. I want to be in every moment, even if it's not my moment, that God's doing in the room. 
But the kingdom of God is a disruptive force on the planet. That, That when the kingdom begins to break in, things begin to change. And I want to talk to you guys about a story today. We're going to continue our series on healing, Heal Like Jesus, part two, about a man with an unclean spirit. So if you guys want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 4, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. We're going to have it overhead as well. Luke chapter 4, verse 31 through 37. When you're there, just someone give me a shout, say I'm there. So many different responses there. I love it. Luke 4, verse 31 through 37 says this. Um, To set a little context, Jesus is going around actually sharing in the synagogues and the temples. He's teaching. People are wowed at his revelation. They're wowed at his teaching. He's showing up, and he is confounding the wise. And he's someone that would be considered unschooled. He didn't go to rabbi school. But yet he is showing up in these areas of the Jewish culture with amazing revelation and insight. It says earlier that Jesus opened the scroll of Isaiah. And he began to read out of the scroll. And one of the things he said is he said, I have come to set the oppressed free. Fast forward. We're going to be at verse 31. Let's read it together. It says, then Jesus went to Capernaum in a town, Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. Once, when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an unclean or evil spirit, cried out, shouting, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, saying, Be quiet! Come out of the man, he ordered At that, the demon threw the man to the floor as a crowd watched, and then it came out of him without hurting him any further. Amazed, the people explained, with authority and power this man's man's words possess. What authority and power this man's words possess. Even an evil spirit obeys him, and they flee at his command. The news about Jesus spread throughout every village in the entire region. Amazing, powerful story. We see scriptures where Jesus is constantly setting the oppressed free. Particularly, we see it with with, uh, demonic forces, spirits of darkness. How many of you know, little context, there's only two kingdoms. There's there's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. There's only two kingdoms. The kingdom of God is this picture that Jesus would constantly, constantly teach his disciples about. The kingdom of God, a kingdom is like this. Uh, Dallas Willard would say this. He's the author of Divine Conspiracy, amazing author. He says that that the kingdom, a kingdom is a place where you have your will that's being done. It's your land. it's It's your area where you are the ruler of it. Now, everyone should have a little bit of a kingdom. Did you know that? Because you're actually made to be like God. So I'll tell you about my little kingdom. My little kingdom is my home office at home. It's my kingdom. I, I, I have shared territory with my wife, but that is my kingdom. And, and in my home office, if you go into my office, people say this all the time. That it, they're like, wow, this, is, this, this reminds me of you. Because I picked out the colors that I want. I have my, my desk set up. I build a desk like just the way that I want it. You walk into my office, and it's a little bit more masculine than the rest of the house. I'm okay with that. 
you know, the rest of my house is mostly my wife's kingdom. <laughs> However, I get to visit, I have a passport, I can come in, but most of it's her, it's her deal. She also has a worship room in our house, and in that space we have keyboards set up, and that's a place that she worships almost on a daily basis, probably six days a week. She's in there for an hour or two a day, just worshiping the Lord. And that room really reflects more of her than me. It's very, it's very beautiful and feminine and soft and, and um, open and light. There's windows everywhere. Mine's like a cave, you know. Hers is just like beautiful. But, but meaning this, it's your king, a kingdom is a place that the king's will is done. It's, the, it's just the way you like it. It's set up just the way you like it. That when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the dimension where God's will is done just the way that he likes it. That when the kingdom of God is breaking in, it's because God's will is being done just the way that he likes it. With this man who was, who was being tormented by an evil spirit, by an unclean spirit, well, when the kingdom breaks in, that means that that unclean spirit has to go because in his kingdom, there's no torment. Does this make sense? That when the king shows up, his kingdom always comes with him. Dallas Willard says, Jesus is the human face on the kingdom of God. He makes it concretely accessible. You know, how many of you um, live in maybe central Ohio like I do? I know we have some that kind of travel far. But do you ever get, I, I, from, our, from the electric supply company, you get something in the mail. I get it, I think, on a monthly basis when it comes in. And uh, it's basically a letter showing you, like, how efficient your home is. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? It'll say, like, compared to your neighbors or comparable homes, you're, you're, you're basically terrible, fair, or good. It's like a shame letter every month. I get it, and I'm like, I get it. My neighbors are more efficient than me. You know, every month I look at it, I'm like, when can I get ahead of this thing, man? I start thinking, do I need more insulation? You know, like, what do I got to do here? I feel like my neighbors are crushing me. Are theirs like this? Are all of ours like this? Is theirs efficient? Is mine not efficient? How many of you ever thought this? Just me? That's all right. You know, that, like, letter of shame I get every month that makes me realize that efficiency, man, it, it's just really interesting. You know, those places of lack, Jesus doesn't seem to exploit. Did you know that? Those places, for this man, Jesus came up to this man and just immediately set him free. Did you know that? That Jesus didn't come and be like, well, sir, you have a demon. Your spiritual efficiency is less than good. He didn't come and give him a teaching. Did you know he came and set him free? He didn't give him a lesson. He set him free. The nature of the kingdom, what are we doing? We're, 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 we want to illustrate that in the kingdom, Jesus has come to set you free regardless of how you got there. It's something called grace, and it is scandalous. You can't earn your way to freedom. You see, we don't have to have all the right worship music on, and you didn't have to come directly from, like, you know, a church service to go heal someone, you know, at Taco Bell. You, you, you didn't have to, one of my, one of my mentors, uh, when I really first started running after Jesus, um, he was just someone who was particularly gifted with young men, 
and he would pray for people quite a bit. And I was always amazed, and I was really learning. Like, I want to learn how to pray for people. I want to learn to see people encounter Jesus, like, the way that he does. And one day, I was just totally, like, every word he would say, I would, like, take a mental note and do it. And uh, this one day, he, he, uh, he was talking to a group of us, and he said, you know, this morning, I didn't do devotions. I didn't have my devotions. Everyone say boo. No, I'm just kidding. So this morning, I didn't do my devotions, and then I ran into a guy that needed healing, and I actually convinced myself I wasn't worthy to pray for him. And he just totally repented. He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe. How many of you have been there before? That, that we, 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 there are times in our life that what the enemy will try to do is position you for relative righteousness. That you're, as, you're as righteous as you are relatively recently. A little recency bias. That you see yourself through the lens of what you've done lately rather than what Jesus has already done for you. Does this make sense? And the kingdom of God is not about us setting that perfect spiritual environment for the breakthrough. Jesus already has. Jesus already has. He didn't see this man who, who in Luke 4 is tormented by a demon and, and, you know, have to run off and read a quick prayer journal about how to deliver someone. He didn't have to go somewhere and be like, Peter, Paul, get the guitars out. We need worship in the room. Hold on. We need, does this make sense? Can I, can I poke at this just for a little bit? Because we tend to do that when there's a problem we don't feel prepared for. The problem is you think that you need to be prepared for it and you don't see that Jesus already paid for it. Does that make sense? And we're a training and equipping environment. So we're all about training and equipping. However, we're training and equipping to easily respond to the grace that God's already released to us. I don't know where I am. One of the things that in this passage, we see that the kingdom of God breaks in through the person of Jesus, that Jesus has made the kingdom of God accessible to us. Just like one day someone's shake around and rolling next to you and you're feeling nothing, that's because the kingdom has been available, but it's not about what they did, it's about what Jesus has done. And we can begin to learn how to partner with the kingdom on a regular and daily basis, okay? Now the second part of this story that I love is about how Jesus brought him freedom. You know, we were singing a, a worship song today, um, and one of the lines was, I wrote it down, for the Lord delights in showing mercy. That he delights in showing mercy. That Jesus is the freedom bringer. Did you know, did you know my, my, my buddy uh, Roger in the back, media director, he's amazing, he's an awesome pastor. One of my favorite people. You know, Roger and I were talking this week. And we were talking about Moses, and we just had this really fun conversation. And Roger brought something to my attention. He's like, did you know that all 42 times uh, in the Bible or, or uh, in the, the wilderness when the people were, were basically uh, had to go before the Lord and God had to show up for a situation or circumstance were pictures of Jesus' redemptive work on the planet? I'm like, Roger, what? What are you talking about? You know, the, there's this picture in the Bible. Here, here's what the theme of the Bible is from Genesis to Revelation is that the Lord, your God, is your Redeemer. He is Redeemer. He is Savior. He is Messiah. You know, when they were in the wilderness and, 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 the, and they couldn't drink out of the water, what did they do? They threw a piece of wood in the water to make it sweet. Did you know that, that by coming to Jesus, he makes your soul that was salty sweet because of the cross that he was on? 
that, that, that the primary function of the Messiah was to pay the price so that we can know God. And in doing so, he is in a constant work of redeeming our lives. But not just our lives, those that don't even know him. That it says in Acts that the Spirit has been poured out on all flesh in these, in these last days. And now we get to go around and see the disruptive force of the kingdom break into someone's life who needs freedom. That he is the freedom bringer. That he is the freedom giver. We have a mailman. Are you guys okay? You guys with me? I promise just a couple minutes more. We have a mailman uh, who comes to our house. And our mailbox, if you guys are maybe like this, our mailbox is right at our front door. It's not like at the road. Does that make sense? So you have to come like to our door. So, I, so over the last you know seven years of having Jimmy, he's a Middle Eastern man, just as sweet as could be. I've gotten to know him a little bit. You know, we go out there, we talk to him. Uh, I used to have a, a bulldog that you know would run out and scare most mailmen, but he was totally fine with it. He's like jump, jump. You know, he's like totally into it. I'm like, is this okay? You know. And, and Jimmy, over time, got to know him a little bit, and, and uh, you know, he knows that I'm a pastor, and, and we just got to some really fun conversations about life. And uh, this last, last Saturday, so uh, eight days ago, uh, Jimmy uh, showed up at the house to deliver a package, but he wasn't walking door to door. He was driving, the, like, the mailman Jeep from house to house, just delivering big packages, not delivering uh, envelopes to doors. And, uh, and he's like, I'm not delivering today. I'm just delivering this package. I said, oh, okay, cool. Like, thank you. And uh, I was like, why? And he goes, because my leg hurts so bad. He, he's like, it's swollen. It's inflamed. He was limping. I didn't notice it until he said something. And, uh, and he just said, I can't walk on it today. And uh, so I said, hey, Jimmy, can I pray for you? And he goes, yes, yes, you, you can pray for me. I'm like, awesome. I said, I said, listen, man, can I just put my hand on your shoulder? And I'm just going to ask Holy Spirit to come right now because Jesus paid for this. And he was like, yes, please pray for me. Put my hand on his shoulder, pray. He has this really sweet encounter. How many of you have seen someone's countenance change as God shows up? He has a sweet encounter with the Lord. And then he just ran back to that Jeep and kept on going. And, and there, was no, there was no breakthrough yet. But he had to go. He's, he's on the clock, you know. So I was like, yeah, man, well, I'll see you Monday. <laughs> like, you know, I know, you know where I live. And... Uh, and sure enough, he comes back the next day that the mail was, I think it was Tuesday, because it was uh, uh, Labor Day on Monday. So he comes back Tuesday, and I wasn't home, but my wife was. And so he knocks on the door to give, uh, to give the mail, and Rachel knew that I pray for him. And so she asked him, hey, how are you doing? And he is like, oh, I wanted to tell you, I am totally free. He goes, he goes no pain, no swelling. He starts doing a jig and dancing. And, and, and he's like, no pain. He, gets, he kept on saying, I am free. I am free. You know, the nature of the kingdom and that Jesus, he always brings freedom. He always brings freedom to the house. He, always, he has nothing but freedom to bring. You know, we often think in the U.S., you know, we're free. I can do whatever I want. That's not the kind of freedom that Jesus brings. Did you know that? It's actually a freedom from the oppressor. It's a freedom now to be in this place of grace to choose Jesus. Does this make sense? It's a freedom from those tormenting things. Let me tell you guys this. Was this man a believer in the synagogue? It doesn't say. It doesn't say. But I'll tell you this. A believer can have as much as the devil in your life as you want him. I want to just say that again. As a believer, you can have as much of the devil in your life as you want him. You can have as much of the devil in your life as you entertain him. 
You can have as much of the devil in your life as you're inviting and partnering with him. You know, we were, Jordan and I were, had a quick conversation this morning, and we were talking about believers and, and being influenced by the devil, and, you know, can a devil have a demon? I'm like, I think a, I think a, a devil have a demon. Can a believer have a demon? <laughs> can a believer have a demon? A believer can have a demon as much as a believer can have a pet. It's up to you. Did you know that? Because you've actually been given victory over the evil one. So, 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 so. What, you, what we entertain in our life, what you open yourself up to, and then what you might begin to partner with might actually bring demonic influence in your life. Did you know that? You know, we have an amazing ministry called Sozo, Inner Healing Ministry. And, and what, what Sozo does is actually walk us through areas that we partnered. And oftentimes, how many of you know, sometimes you know it and sometimes you don't. And it's not, oh, my gosh, I'm such a mystery. I don't know if I'm being attacked by a devil. No, no, no. It's just take a, take, a, take a step right now. Take a moment and look through your life. Where have I began to entertain or partner with lies? Where have I began to entertain and partner with, with the, the kingdom of darkness? Now, here's the amazing thing. Did you know Jesus shuts that door in a moment? Did you know that Jesus has a one-step program of freedom? I really mean that. If you feel like you've been struggling, the lie is that you're going to continue to struggle. The truth is that Jesus came to set you free. That means Jesus would say this to Peter, and thank you, Jesus, for Peter giving us a great example of grace that we need in our lives. You know, Peter's just always fumbling through stuff. I'm like, I read Peter. I'm like, thank you for Peter. But what does Jesus say to Peter? You know, the disciples would get really pumped up, full of zeal. They'd be like, Lord, do you want us to strike down that city? You know, they didn't, they didn't accept you. And Jesus is like, you don't even know what spirit you're of right now, man. Like, no. You know, and, and what, is, what is one of the things Jesus actually talks to the disciples about? He says, you know what? You have to forgive your brother 70 times 7. Did you know that? that? That you actually have an opportunity to not partner with things like offense. We have an opportunity to not partner with resentment. Why? Because those things, when we begin to entertain them and we begin to partner with them, we, that, that is not of the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? And we start to slowly drift into the influence of another kingdom in your thoughts and in your minds. 1 Corinthians 4, 19 and 20, Paul says that the kingdom of God is not words but power. And it actually is the power to set us free. When we begin to drift into those places, that's where you have to take an inventory you have to recognize, Lord, did I, did I just go somewhere too far? And that's why I'm feeling anxious and, 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 and full of fear. When we come under the kingdom of darkness, that's not who we're created to be. Did you know that? When we're influenced by the kingdom of darkness, that's actually not you as a believer, who you've been created to be. And, but Jesus can come and still set us free. It doesn't matter if you've been in addiction. It doesn't matter if you looked at pornography. It doesn't matter if you lied on, uh, on a review with your boss. It's a simple act of repentance from one kingdom to another that we begin to walk in freedom again. Did you know that? That there's, I'll just say this and then I'm going to move on. Is that spiritual warfare is real. However, the victory of the Lord is so much more real than the slight warfare you experience. Does that make sense? Meaning you have victory after victory after victory after victory already in your bank account because of Jesus. Did you know that? That you're being made into a new creation. 
that you're actually being drawn in to the life force of God on a regular basis. It says this in one of my favorite Psalms is 119. It says, your testimonies, Lord, are my inheritance. That means they're mine. The things that he has done, they're mine. That means I can have victory over every moment that the devil would try to get me to slug it out in spiritual warfare. No, no, I'm getting my eyes on Jesus because Jesus is the face of the kingdom of God. And every time I face Jesus, it says the devil flees and runs from me. Did you know that? You are not a victim of the devil. Can I say that? As a follower of Jesus, you're more than a conqueror. You actually can have great victories even in places where you feel like you've had defeat. That Jesus has come for freedom's sake to set the oppressed free. Are you guys with me? I want to wrap up with this. Is in, this in this context here with Jesus, it says that the people were amazed at what Jesus was saying. How many of you know that when Jesus speaks to you, there's life on it? That a word from the Lord can, like, propel you for, like, eight months. Like, you're good, right? Because there's life on the word. You know, they were experiencing this Jesus from Nazareth who was constantly had life on his words. And they were amazed by it. He, te- he teaches as one with authority. That's one who knows who they are. They're, that's one who knows what they're talking about to be true. That he's teaching with authority. But let's look at the scripture one more time in Luke 4. It says this. It says, when Jesus reprimanded the devil, he said, be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. At that moment, the, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. Amazed that people explained with authority and power, this, what authority and power this man's words possess. Bill Johnson says, the kingdom of God is not in logos, but in dunamis. Paul would say it's not in talk, but in power. That we see Jesus who was, how do I say this? You're not just supposed to have a message. The message comes with power. Does that make sense? It's not like, okay, I know the gospel. Now teach me in power. No, the two are not separated. Can I say that? That that you might have a message, but you've been denying the power through unbelief. You just didn't believe that there was actually power in your life already because you're waiting for a demonstration when Jesus is just waiting for you to step out. Does that make sense? So it's not like, hey, I got my gospel training. Where's my power training? Uh, You actually already have it inside of you. The kingdom of God is within you. That Jesus links the two. Jesus comes with authority and power. You know, I remember when when I was, um, this was probably, oh boy, about 2022, about 16 years ago. And I was really on this journey to discover, to live out of power and authority. How many of you here, you're like, I want more power authority of Jesus to flow in and through my life. I was on this journey where I was like, I read it, but I'm like, I I don't know. Like, I, I need training in it. Like, Lord, how can I better position myself to partner with these truths? And I'll never forget it. Um, he said, I want you to go to this um, basketball, a youth basketball camp. And I'm like, I mean, like, not youth, like kid basketball camp. I'm sorry. I'm using the word youth wrong, and I don't want to offend our youth. Um, eight, I mean, like, eight-year-old youth, like kids. And, and, and it was something being held. And I, so I went to it, and I literally was the guy in the room where I don't have kids. I don't know one person here. And I'm here to, like, volunteer, and I don't even know why God wants me in this room. 
So I'm in this room, and I'm thinking, okay, cool. Like, I love sports. I used to play a lot. I used to be super into basketball. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll coach. Like, maybe some team needs, like, an assistant coach, and God's going to teach me something. I have no idea. And so I'm there just wanting to volunteer, and uh, they don't need any coaches. And I'm like, all right, I, I don't, what do I do? Um, and they were like, well, actually, our biggest need is referees. I was like, oh, okay. Like, do you want me to referee? And they said, yeah, we want you to be a referee for the league. And I'll never forget this. And they go, because the referee has the most authority on the court. I was like, oh, Jesus, you're so sneaky. I would have never volunteered to be a referee in eight-year-old basketball leagues. Why? Because they foul every play. Like every play, like you just blow a whistle. But what was God doing? I did it for a whole season. I did it for a season, and I grew a lot. Why? Because I learned how to use my whistle. I learned to actually use the authority that I've already been given. Does that make sense? That you're not called to have a gun on your, on your hip. You're actually have, called to have bullets in it and pull it out. Does that make sense? And we pointed at, the, at the, the, the dominion of darkness. We see that our authority actually has already been given to us. It says this in Luke 10. I'm going to kind of close with this if you guys are good. It says this in Luke 10. This is a story of Jesus sending out the 72 it says, Luke 10, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two to every town, every place where he was to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of, a harvest there, of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers to the field. Behold, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. And so what does he do? The picture here in Luke 10 is Jesus sends out 72. So the 12 plus 60 other people. He sends out his disciples, and he tells them exactly what to do. Don't you guys love it when Jesus gives you every single detail of, like, what you should do? You're like, this is awesome. This is awesome. You know, I just, I know what I'm supposed to do, just walking through it. And he tells them exactly, like, like don't wear this, wear this. When you go to a house, do this. And he gives them exactly what to do. And then what happens when they come back? It says this. Uh, verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Verse 20, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, Father, I praise you, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to, to these little children, these little children being these the 72. Yes, Father, this was your good pleasure. You were pleased to do so. Did you know this, this side note, that this word in the New Testament here um, that Jesus was full of joy in the Holy Spirit. Did you, did you know it's used in Jude, one other place? And that means full of jumping around foolishness in the Holy Spirit. He wasn't like, oh, I have so much joy in the Holy Spirit right now. Like, he was actually moving and dancing, so excited that a, that, a, that, that, that a revelation, a secret of heaven was just released. Is that you actually have so much authority that the devil will respond to you when you tell him to go. So much so that Jesus was like, oh, yeah, I saw it in the spirit. It was like Satan falling from the sky like lightning. Everywhere you went, it wasn't a big battle. He didn't say, I saw the trench warfare. You did mighty. I saw all the bullets. Are you okay? That must have been hard. He said, no. When you showed up, the devil fleed like lightning because I remember what that looked like. That every time we show up with authority, a, believer, a believing believer can do 
<laughs> can I just say that? Like, a believing believer is the one that's going to carry authority and power. You already have the promises. You don't have to wait for the circumstances to be just right. You don't have to wait for all the, the you know, the, the, the perfect experience to, you know, you had your great devotions that day. You just came from a church service. Your guns are loaded. No, they've already been loaded. Why? Because of what Jesus has done at the cross. That we get to carry freedom into circumstances. And if you're here today and you need freedom, I have some really great news for you. Your freedom is one repentance away. Did you know that? If you're willing to humble yourself and just simply repent, you just come before the Lord as a believer who knows the truth. If you want to get set free today, Jesus has freedom for you today. I'm going I'm to ask, if you're in the room today and you feel like, man, I've just been disconnected from God. Maybe you knew Jesus at one point, you were giving your life to the Lord, and maybe today is the first time that you've considered actually following Jesus. You know, actually following Jesus. With Jesus, though, you got to go all in. He's not a God you add to your life to make your life better. He, he's the perfect Savior that created you and crafted you and has fulfillment in his heart for your life and freedom. If you're here today and you just want to say yes, I want to, I'm tired of being around stuff. I'm tired of hearing about Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to be a follower of Jesus. Can I just ask you to stand right now? Just stand up real fast. Just stand up. If you're like, today is the day that I want to say yes to Jesus. I don't want to be around a great thing. I don't want to be around church. I want to, I want to start that relationship today. Or maybe you need to just renew it. You've been, you've been disconnected from Jesus. You've been, maybe you started to partner with things. You started to entertain the devil, and you began to partner, and you need some freedom. But you want to say yes. It, it all starts with Jesus. If that's you, can I ask you to stand up? I'm just going to give this a moment in the room. How many of you have stood up in a church before and said yes to Jesus? Yeah, look around. If, you, if that's you today, you want to say yes to Jesus, why don't you just stand right now, and we're going to lead you in that. If you're listening online, you can also just stand wherever you're listening from. Is there anyone in the room today that would say, yes, that's me. I'm here and I don't want to be in the back anymore. Okay, then I'm in the company of believers. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else who would want to respond to the Lord? Just anyone else that would want to say, yes, I'm here to renew. I'm here to re-up. I'm going to go all in with Jesus. Is there anyone else in the room? This isn't a trying to coerce anyone. This is an opportunity to come to the table. All right, if that's you, we have someone standing, but if maybe you're not going to stand up, but you want to say this, let's just all just close our eyes right now. Let's just encounter the Lord's goodness. I want you to just repeat after me or just say it in your own prayers. Just, Jesus, I give up. Jesus, I give up doing life my way. God, forgive me for living apart from you. And I just invite you right now to come and sit on the throne of my life. I give you the keys. Lord, I thank you for being my savior, for dying for my sins at the cross. And to the best of my ability right now, Jesus, I just say I love you and I accept you as my Lord and savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today... And